sweet land of liberty, our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinach. Welcome back to Freedom's Ring, my friends. America is very divided. We know that. The division between liberals and conservatives and even between those who get vaccinated and those who insist on being unvaccinated. Very significant divisions in our country. But are these divisions at risk of degenerating into violence, into civil war? Increasingly, Astute commentators are concerned that we may be headed in that very direction. Our guest today, my good friend Greg Hamilton, president of the Hamilton Library and Constitution Center. Greg, welcome back to Freedom's Ring. Hey, thanks, Alan. Well, we know that Donald Trump is a very divisive figure. People love him or they hate him, and they love and hate one another who either love or hate him. But violence, are we really close to, uh, you know, civil war or violence or some kind of crisis in our country? Well, before we get too far afield, I want to quote a text in John sixteen thirty three. Jesus says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Um, I state that at the beginning because I believe we're heading into some very difficult times. And um, I believe that in order to lose religious freedom, you first have to lose your democratic republic, our country's democratic republic. And there needs to be a frontal assault on the Constitution in an autocratic manner. And we've seen that in the last four years and continuing now into the next administration, not due to the current administration, but due to um, total deadlock, uh, so to speak, in Congress and elsewhere and in the mindset of the American people, whether you're talking about the vaccine resistance to vaccines or whatever. I mean, for example, the governor in Idaho just took a business trip to Washington, D.C., and while he was gone, the lieutenant governor just today uh, ripped up the vaccine uh, mandate order by the governor that he had just put out yesterday, ripped it up and says, uh, there is no such mandate. I'm saying that there is no mandate. I am negating it. And so she's gone on to radio and TV saying that uh, I'm basically nullifying the governor's mandate order. And so, I mean, there's civil war right within the, you know, government between the governor and the lieutenant governor, and that just came out today. So that gives you an idea. One other thing I want to mention, and it's one of the things that the the Brookings Institute professor point out, it's William Gale. I won't go into all their um, accolades, but they're two professors at very big time um, universities, Harvard, Yale, uh, and Daryl West. William Gale and Daryl West, they basically say that the only way that a real civil war can take place in our country is if some of these radicals get a hold of the reins of government. And they say so far, most of these radicals, these Christian nationalists that stormed the Capitol on January 6th, haven't really 
taken over in a public way. They've remained in a private, secretive way and have gone underground and remain underground. But when they get to the point where they have controls of the levers of government, especially at the state level, and then it starts to build up to the national level, then those are the signs that we need to watch for to take this uh, potential civil war seriously. Well, so they are concerned about the potential for actual violence. Yes. I mean, Fiona Hill, who, like I said, who was just, um, uh, she was a special White House counterintelligent expert that testified on the Russia-Ukraine scandal in regard to Donald Trump a number of months ago. She has a new memoir called There's Nothing For You Here. It was just published in National Public Radio where she states the United States is teetering on the edge of violence here. We're already, I think, in a cold civil war, a cold war in the United States, a cold civil war, she says. We've got a chance now to turn this around. But if we don't take it, we're heading down the autocratic path that we've seen in other countries. And I think that's significant. So, you know, I didn't read the Brookings piece, but I did read an article by David French, who some of our listeners may recognize as a very influential conservative commentator, very much a Christian. And I'm going to quote a sentence from his recent piece. He says, now the trends are so abundantly clear that warnings about potential coups, rising hatred, and civil strife appear in virtually every major American publication. Secession talk has moved from the fringe to the mainstream with alarming speed. Apparently, you know, red and blue Americans hate each other, and uh, they exaggerate the extent to which the other side is extremist and dangerous and attacking American democracy. That's uh, French's thesis. But, you know, what do you make, Greg, of his observation that, you know, this is not just a couple of, uh, you know, obscure, however uh, intelligent, relatively obscure scholars, that, you know, this is widely recognized within the media this rising hatred and civil strife, and it's become a common subject of discussion. Well, when you can get 70% of all Republicans in the Republican Party, which has been my party my whole life, to believe that the, the recent presidential election was stolen and that it's all a fraud and that Joe Biden is not the legitimate president, and you can get 70% of one party to actually believe that nonsense, then, yeah, you have great potential for civil strife. And yes, are, is every American going to take up arms? No, it's always the militants. And right now it's the Christian nationalists who attacked the Capitol on January 6th. So I think there's a spirit of insurrection out there for sure. We saw that on January 6th. Who can deny that? It's so obvious. So, and they're very blanket about it. They're very upfront about it. They're very upfront about their goals. Now, that radical element, in every revolution, there's always a radical element that pushes the mainstream populace into action. It takes time. It takes time for that flame to boil under the water to get that water to boil. And that's the analogy I would use to where we're at right now. We're not at the boiling point, but the gas has been turned on and the water is starting to prickle a little bit. 
you know, a little bit of bubbles. And I think we need to take this very seriously. So, you know, I want to talk about the spiritual dimension of this problem and, and the solution. Because something, you know, David French wrote I, was very inspirational to me. He says, it's important to understand there's no policy fix for malice and misinformation. There's no five-point plan for national harmony. We're dealing with a, a spiritual and moral sickness. Malice and disdain are conditions of the soul. And, you know, the extent to which Christian identity has become, you know, party politics and a power grab, it's a, a thorough distortion of the gospel, of the religion itself. So it's, it's a corruption. It's an idolatry of power. But it betrays, uh, you know, an empty soul, if you will. And I think that's where, if there's a solution, it has to be in a recovery of the authentic spirit of Christ. Well, to piggyback on that, there's um, in the Atlantic, Emma Green, who's the religion and politics editor, contributor. She interviewed recently, just last week in the Atlantic magazine, uh, she interviewed Ryan Williams of the Claremont Institute. And he says that basically, and, and he tries to put forth uh, uh, Trumpism, which he says is taking over the Republican Party, and we aim to take over the Republican Party. But he says, one thing we believe in very strongly is that there is no such thing as truth in politics. Politics is all about uh, causing the people to believe a certain thing. And so we don't believe there's such a thing as truth. And he basically admitted that there whole approach is amoral, that they will do whatever it takes to overthrow the government, rewrite the Constitution, and create a Christian nation by law. And this was just in last week's Atlantic Monthly Magazine. And that's very serious. I mean, it was just published uh, October 5. So it was actually updated yesterday. So, you know, this is a very serious, blatant admission. They're very open about it. And this is a, this Claremont Institute, it's an established institution. I mean, it's right near where you live. And we all know it well near Upland there, California. And, you know, it's, it's a very serious problem that we're facing. And, and one of the things I wanted to mention to close out, you know, we talk about the religious element in Jesus Christ. I want people to remember that on Calvary, the inscription on the cross, which was written in Greek, Hebrew, and Latin, what stated basically Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews, that was a real insult to the Jewish leaders, the Pharisees, Sadducees, the high priests, because they claimed we had no king but Caesar and called out, cried out to crucify him, crucify him. We have no king but Caesar. Well, Pilate was, it was basically providing a prophetic warning there to all Christian nationalists who rise up in the name of, of their nationalist heritage in order to basically uh, take the amoral road and to eviscerate truth into whatever, you know, uh, alternative reality they want to create. Well, it's a warning. It's a prophetic warning that says, hey, if you're on this bandwagon of this of Christian nationalism that seeks to take over the government and you say you're the ones who are persecuted, you will be the persecutors. You will not only take over government, but you will become the pierced persecutors of all those you hate. You know, and that's secularists, that's uh, same-sex people, that's religious minorities, uh, that's ethnic minorities, on and on and on. You will go after all that you hate. 
And that seems to be where we're heading. That seems to be what Donald Trump and many of people on the far right have been tapping into. And that's a very dangerous formula that creates revolution in this country. It's a religious Christian nationalist takeover of the government that we're looking at here. And it's prophetic. It's in Revelation 13, and we don't have time to go into that. But the prophetic image of the beast in Revelation 13, that's what it's all about. There clearly is nothing Christian about Christian nationalism. There is no love your enemy. There is no blessed are the peacemakers. Um, There's no beating your swords into plowshares, right? There's no reflection of the Beatitudes of the Sermon on the Mount. Um, I come back to this comment that David French made. We are dealing with a spiritual and moral sickness. Malice and disdain are conditions of the soul. Jesus taught us to love our enemies, but today the Christian ethos is to own the lips to uh, destroy the enemy, right? And it's just not, it's not Christian. And it's a tragedy to me as a minister as you are to the, the, the gospel mission of taking the gospel to all the world that the gospel itself is undermined by those who misrepresent the spirit of it. Yeah, in fact, John 16, four, Jesus says, uh, beware. Um, <laughs> Those who seek to kill you will claim they're from God. They're doing God's service. Right. So there's a text to that effect, but I'm again reminded in closing that Jesus says in John 16, 33, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. You shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, hang in there. Excellent place to close. Our guest today, Greg Hamilton, president of the Hamilton Library and Constitution Center. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Reinach. Until next week, let freedom reign.